Well, good evening, everybody. Uh, this is Pastor Thomas Rich of River of Life Christian Center in uh, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. This is our Monday night uh, Bible study. Today is August 31st, 2020. I would like to remind everyone, if you would, to kindly put your telephones on mute. Uh, at the bottom of the hour at 8.30, we'll give you an opportunity to come off of mute so that we can receive your feedback. But we're delighted and glad uh, to be with each and every one of you today. Uh, before I pray, I just want to mention um, that two icons have gone on to be with the Lord. Um, we're, we're talking about Brother Cedric Bozeman, who was a phenomenal young man and a phenomenal young actor. He uh, portrayed uh, Thurgood Marshall, Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and he was the iconic Black Panther. Um, did a wonderful job. You know, many people think he recently showed up on the scene, but he paid his dues. And after a while, he just began getting outstanding roles, and he did an outstanding job. So, we ask you to be praying for his wife and his family and for all who are, are brokenhearted at his departure. Uh, additionally, today, um, basketball coach John Thompson also transitioned to go uh, to leave this world. And I, I believe and I trust that he went to be with the Lord also. But uh, John Thompson was an icon an icon. Uh, and a tremendous leader of men, maker of men, uh, took young men who had no fathers, did not come from easy backgrounds, and turned them into uh, academicians at Georgetown University. Many turned professional basketball players, others out in the world, making really positive contributions because he was a fearless leader, a courageous leader, and he loved and was his... Uh, players, and he was faithful and loved the, the black community. He was a, a, a genuine uh, voice to be considered. Uh, he spoke for many of us when we didn't have a platform to speak from. And so we ask you to be praying for his family and, and for all of those who have been touched by Coach John Thompson. Those are two iconic brothers uh, we all have been impacted by them. So the Cedric Bozeman family and the John Thompson family, please keep them in your prayers. Amen. Well, family, um, getting to our lesson tonight, uh, we have been teaching on the names of Jesus for a long, 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 long time. Uh, and the name that we've been working on most recently, uh, we probably have spent more time on it than we have on most of the names, but we're going to continue tonight uh, working from the name, The Root of David. This would be part five of The Root of David. Uh, and as we started on The Root of David, um, we ended up talking about the, the shepherd connection between David and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We've been exploring that connection because in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God used the picture of the shepherd, excuse me, of the shepherd to, to display, to illustrate to us his faithfulness to us, his love for us. Uh, the fact that 
we are provided for and protected and cared for and loved by the great shepherd himself, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. But David was a powerful illustration of a shepherd as well. And so we've been talking about the shepherd connection between Jesus and David. And you remember when before we got to the root of David, we talked about, uh, I'm sorry, before we got to the shepherd connection, we were talking about the root of David, Jesus being a root out of David. And so um, that is where we really have been focusing upon as we got to the shepherd connection. Um, we left off last week. We were in Psalm 23. We did verses 1 and 2 last week. And I'm going to simply mention two verses from John chapter 10. And then we're going to pick up in Psalm 23. And we're going to uh, continue our teaching from verse 3 of Psalm 23 as far as we're able to go. Listen to Jesus in John 10 and 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Then in verse 11 of the same text, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And then Psalm 23, and I'm reading this from the Amplified. It says, The Lord is my shepherd to feed God and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the rest still and restful waters. He refreshes my soul and restores my life, uh, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, that is, uprightness and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Verse 4, yes, Though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear nor dread nor evil, for you are with me, your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. Verse 6, surely or only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we uh, give you glory, honor, and praise tonight. We thank you for uh, your love and your grace, your mercy. We thank you, God, that you are so loving that you have forgiven us for our transgressions. And we thank you, God, that you considered us before you laid the foundation of the world, that you had a, a place that was established and carved out with each of our names upon it, that each of us uh, come tonight with a defined purpose uh, that came from you, that was determined before you laid the foundation of the earth. And so, God, as we are here this evening, we ask you to unfold for us uh, what we need to get so that we might be more like you intended us to be, that our lives might give you glory and honor. For you are such an incredible, marvelous, loving, gracious, merciful, 
and, 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 and forgiving Heavenly Father. We, we thank you and we bless you. And now, God, as I go into the teaching of your word, I ask you to take charge of my tongue and everything that I do, that the teaching of this word tonight might reach each of us where we need to be reached and be a difference maker so that our lives will never be the same again. God, we bless on and thank you for this right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. So we uh, started last week, as I said, family, in Psalm 23, as we have been examining the, the shepherd connection between David, the root out, uh, Jesus, rather, the root out of David, and David, who also was known as a shepherd. This 23rd Psalm I mentioned to you was written by David, uh, and, and it is a metaphor. In fact, it's a very unique metaphor because uh, if there was one person in all the earth besides the Lord himself who could write uh, from the perspective of a shepherd with the authenticity and the, and the accuracy and intensity of uh, what we see in Psalm 23, that writer was the, the one who we know as the shepherd David. Uh, and so uh, we discover that David, when we examine the illustrative language that he gave us in Psalm 23, we find that that psalm was particularly comprehensive, particularly intimate, and that we've seen uh, it was more eloquent in the language of Jesus as our king, our deliverer, our rock, and our shield than, than any of the psalms that were written up until this point. And so um, I, I was looking and uh, there was a verse over in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 17 that sounded so much like what we read in Psalm 23. I want you to hear that. Uh, you might make a note of it as well, but listen to this and, and see if you don't see a relationship, uh, a clear relationship between this and what David wrote in Psalm 23. Revelation 7, 17 from the King James, it says, For the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So family, we're, we're talking tonight. Behold the Lamb of God. Who was that? That was Jesus. Jesus is the Lamb and the Shepherd. And according to Revelation 7.17, as well as Psalm 23, it says that he shall lead them unto living fountains of water. Um, Last week, um, Pastor Ellis reminded us that uh, that good shepherd that we're talking about, when we talk about him in the, the name of our Heavenly Father, uh, he called him Jehovah-Rahi, which also means the good shepherd. So that's who we're talking about tonight. And I'm going to pick up where we left off. In verse 3, uh, it says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth, leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Let's examine verse 3. I believe we're going to see a Jesus connection there. Our restores family has the idea of the rescue of someone who has been lost. 
Uh, it can be connected to the image that uh, a few weeks back Sister Marlin shared with us when she talked about how the shepherd would leave the 90 and 9 and go and get that one lost sheep and bring them back. That's a restoration, y'all. He he would uh, be lost to the wolves. He would be lost to every uh, a predator that would be out there because he was separated from not only the flock, but most importantly, from the shepherd who protected the flock. And so, it, uh, as uh, Sister Marlin said that, uh, she was quoting from Matthew 18 and 12. She said, what do you think? Or, this was Jesus. If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? Uh, this is the shepherd who in this context is the Lord Jesus Christ. When he said to us back in John chapter 10, that I am the good shepherd, that's who we are talking about. He is the one who will leave the 90 and 9 and go and get the one that is lost. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah because I don't know about uh, whether you're willing to confess it or not, but I know that I was one that was lost. And I know that he left the 90 and 9 and came and got me. And I pray that uh, you can give that testimony for yourself tonight. But let me just uh, give you more about this restoration. In the Hebrew, the words restore my soul really could mean brings me to repentance or another definition for that would be brings me to conversion. So when we talk about the shepherd and Jesus Christ as the shepherd, we have to consider him also as the great restorer. God will preserve the grace that is in all of his people. And, and what is that grace? Well, it's a new nature that he placed in every believer, and it was accomplished through the workmanship of the Lord himself by the power of his Holy Spirit. In other words, y'all, once we gave our lives to the Lord, we received a new nature. Now, I don't know about you all again, but I can tell you that in my experience, uh, when we first come to the Lord, there's a struggle. There's a tension between our uh, accepting him as our savior and dealing with the world that has been so much a part of our life until we uh, receive this new nature that God has put in us. So there's a war that goes on quite frequently on the inside. But the reality is that you have the victory, no matter what that battle is, that victory is in Christ Jesus. And the outcome of that is because of the new nature that is intended and expected to be like God's nature. Or more specifically, it is the taking on of that nature, which is a genuine reflection of the true nature of God. Uh, there's not a single grace for any believer except what shows forth uh, from the attributes in us as believers from God, those godly attributes that were to be transferred into us when we received Jesus Christ as Savior. So <clears throat> in order to keep his people, God puts them into the hands of the great shepherd 
who is the great shepherd, it is his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we receive Christ. Then we are shepherded by Christ. Uh, he is, and we said that he was the gate to the sheepfold. Jesus is the gate for us. He's the one that when we receive him, uh, becomes our protector. He becomes our provider. He's the one who will lead us in green pastures so that we can nourish, be nourished on the word of God, so that we can learn how to think like God, how to walk, talk, and live with the new nature that God has given us. He's also the one that will lead us beside the still waters. I gave you an illustration last week of why uh, the word still waters was in that verse. And, and I said that real sheep, the natural sheep, uh, are fearful of fast-moving water because they don't know how to swim. And if they uh, go to that uh, a fast-moving stream and fall in, their wool would draw them to the bottom and they have no way to get themselves out of that fast-moving water. So they would drown. And so the shepherd is responsible for overseeing, for protecting, for guiding, for uh, making sure that we get the nourishment as well as the hydration that we need. Uh, in the New Testament, often when we speak of water, we're often speaking of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said that if I do not go away, the comforter will not come, uh, referencing the Holy Spirit. So God puts the sheep into the hands of the great shepherd, his son. And Jesus said, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I, I don't know about y'all, but that helps me to feel protected, helps me to feel cared for, helps me to know that uh, no matter where I am, that shepherd is there to oversee and make provision and to care for and to protect me. Uh, what do we know about the good shepherd? We know that he is willing to die to save his sheep. That's a hallelujah word right there, y'all, because uh, Jesus gave his life on Calvary's cross because we, his sheep, were worth, uh, in his mind, him dying for. He didn't ask us to get right or to change or to do anything. He died and then said, I laid down my life for you. Now come on and let me be your shepherd. Jesus alone, y'all, is the only one who is fully able to save and to restore even the most wretched sinner. Uh, let's, let's go back to a previous lesson that we had probably several months ago. And we talked about what the name Jesus meant. And I told you that Jesus and Yahshua or Joshua all meant salvation. It means to save and to restore. And as God, uh, he not only saves and restores, but he is omnipotent. That means he's almighty and all-powerful. And because he is omnipotent, he has the ability to save us from ourselves as well as from uh, the wretchedness of the world that we live in. Not only will he save us, but he can restore us into right relationship with his father. So Jesus, the name means to save and to restore. It means savior. And so our savior is also 
the good shepherd, the one who protects, the one who watches over. He, as a matter of fact, is not only all, all powerful and omnipotent, but he also uh, has infinite sympathy for us. That is, uh, he recognizes the struggle of the human condition, but he is always available for us. He, he, that, that sympathy, that infinite sympathy is what would cause him to leave the 99 and come after us. Uh, he's not done with us unless we simply turn our back and walk away and refuse to respond to the call. But uh, his love for us, his sympathy for us, his willingness to die for us causes him to be the good shepherd. Uh, <clears throat> let's, let's continue in verse 3. Verse 3 says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Family, a shepherd was a guide. The sheep didn't know where the green pastures were or where the still waters were. But as long as they knew where the shepherd was, they would feel safe, protected, and provided for. I don't know if you all are feeling me, but uh, we go through stuff. We're in the midst of a pandemic right now. But I simply would throw out this question to you. No matter how insecure you may feel, no matter how difficult things may be right now, do you know where the shepherd is? In fact, do you know who the shepherd is? Because if you know who he is, you can find him and you can will come to recognize that when you are with the shepherd, that you are safe, protected, and provided for. Uh, let me ask you a question. Who better to describe this illustration uh, than David, who was himself a professional shepherd? Uh, it was him who was exceedingly qualified to give us this beautiful uh, in, in my estimation, exquisite description of a shepherd because the Lord provided for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And David was illustrating this in the 23rd Psalm. He was making it clear to us that he trusted in the Lord in the same manner as sheep trust in their shepherd to guide them to whatever is needed for the welfare, the well-being, and the protection of the sheep. Uh, nobody uh, uh, other than Jesus could have written and told this story better than David. He continues in the third verse. He says, in the paths of righteousness, listen, the leadership of a shepherd did not only comfort and restore David, but he also guides his sheep into righteousness. And that righteousness means that he guides them uh, in, in a manner where we are able to recognize the moral character and life that God has always desired for us. Uh, I, I was been doing a teaching the last several weeks on Sunday uh, uh, regarding the elder brother from uh, Luke 15. And one of the things that uh, we learned during that teaching is that sometimes you can be right there where the Father is, and you might have the audacity to stand before the Father and say, I've done, I've been a good 
faithful uh, believer. I've done everything that you asked me to do. I was a, a law-abiding citizen. I, 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 I served you like uh, nobody else has served you. Look at what they've done. Look at what he did. Look at how he wasted all. But, but look at me. I've been here with you all along, and you haven't given to me. Let me tell you a little secret, family. Uh, that, that brother's presence physically was with the father. But his heart was a long ways from the father. He did not have a heart like the father had a heart. His heart was not a heart that was disposed to being uh, uh, excited about the repentance and the returning home of his older, uh, younger brother. Well, the, the, the same is true in this context. God's guidance of David was trying to guide us into a, a place where we would live a righteous life. But it's not a law-keeping, law-abiding life where we simply are able to line up and say, I can check off the box of what I did right. So God, you ought to give me a blessing. No, he is really guiding us into a place where we have a heart like David had for God, where we recognize that the heart of the shepherd is so powerful, so loving, so gracious, so merciful for us, that we return that same level of sensitivity, love, and care. We wouldn't dare stand before the shepherd and, and, and try to check off the boxes of what we did right. Uh, we More than anything, when we stand in the presence of the shepherd, we realize a wretched man that I am, and yet we know that he loved us and that he has forgiven us, and he guides us so that we can live a life that honors and magnifies and brings glory unto the Father. So that's another part of the shepherd connection between Jesus and David. From the, the moment a shepherd is assigned his flock of sheep, no matter what kind of mindset that person had before he received his assignment, because he is now a shepherd. I want you to hear me. The once, I don't care where you've been. Uh, I, I, I can tell you from personal experience. I, I remember, my wife can testify to this. Um, when I was in college, when we got married, I was a hard sleeper. Uh, it didn't matter what went on. I lived my life hard. And when I went to sleep, uh, nobody or nothing could disturb me. And if you did, you might have gotten a, a, a kick upside the head because I, I was into a deep sleep, but it wasn't safe to come around me and try to shake me and wake me. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you that because I want you to know that uh, from the moment that I got married, uh, something inside of me automatically changed. And from the moment that my wife and I spent our first night together, all of a sudden, anything that was going on around at night, I was conscious and aware of it. And uh, I think it was just that paternal, uh, uh, natural paternal instinct that God put in me when my children were born. Uh, I didn't sleep through their cries in the night. I didn't sleep if my wife was disturbed during the night. I was awake. And, and, and that's what a shepherd was like, y'all. Um, when, when we talk about this shepherd, when a man uh, during that season, uh, during those years that David was talking about, 
was became a shepherd. I don't care what he was like before he uh, moved into his role of shepherd. The moment he moved into his responsibility as a shepherd, everything about him changed. His mindset changed. His lifestyle changed. His habits changed because he now recognized that he had a responsibility and a shepherd is going to watch over, guard, and protect his flock, no matter what it take, even if it meant the expending of his own life. He would die for his sheep, y'all. And uh, uh, when I was reading and, and studying about this, it just reminded me because my friends would talk about me when I was in college and the way that I would sleep. But I'm, I'm telling you, the moment I got married, everything about my sleep habits changed because I had a responsibility. And that's the way the shepherd was. He becomes entirely focused upon leading his flock in the path of righteousness. Family, I, I, my wife and I have raised uh, three sons and four boys all together because we raised her youngest brother for six years. And um, uh, we had a responsibility to, to lead them. Uh, before they were born, I was getting high and doing all kinds of crazy things. But afterwards, when I looked at those boys, I realized what it, what, what it meant to be a father. And I had to give up the things that I used to know because they were not going to replace my, my sons or cause my sons to have to grow up in the world angry or uh, because of an absent father or a father who put too much in other places rather than in his home for his children. That was the natural paternal instinct that God had given me. But I'm telling you that as a, a, a comparison uh, of the natural instinct that is in a shepherd. And so when we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ as a shepherd, or whether we're talking about David as a shepherd in Psalm 23, what we see is that he naturally, uh, whatever he was before he became the shepherd, there was a transition and it did not happen over time. It was an immediate transformation, if you will, because he now had a responsibility. He understood that he was leading them in the ways of holy obedience, a pathway of righteousness. And he had the responsibility of removing obstructions so that they would be able to move and go in the paths that God was ordering or that the shepherd was ordering and leading them in. That's the shepherd, y'all. In verse 3, he also, he said, for my name's sake, at the close of verse 3, he said, for my name's sake, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, the shepherd guides the sheep with an overarching view to the credit and glory of the shepherd's own name. In other words, when I was giving you that illustration earlier, uh, the mark over my family was my, my name was on it. And so I, whatever was going to become in my household uh, was going to be a reflection to me as the head of the house. Uh, my wife's husband, my children's daddy, the shepherd had the same thing. And his name was important uh, when that flock was assigned to him. 
And so when he says, for my namesake, the shepherd guides the sheep with a, a view to the credit and glory of the shepherd's name, uh, to display the glory of his grace, and, and not on account of any merit that was in me or that was in that shepherd, but the motivation was to conduct ourselves in a manner that honored God who gave us the charge and the responsibility, whether it was as husband, father, shepherd, whatever it was, uh, it was a, a charge that was given to us by God. You might be a single parent. Maybe you're a mother who have tr had to do it on your own. Well, you know something about what I'm talking about because you recognize too that you had to step up and you had to assume a responsibility. There may have been moments when you, like even I, might have felt insecure and might have been wondered, well, how am I going to get this job done? Well, the good news was that as I looked under Jesus, as you look under Jesus, as we remember that he is our source, that he will oversee, that he will guide, that our responsibility is to lead, allow him to lead us, and that he makes ways out of no ways. That's how he can lead us beside the green pastures and beside the still waters. Um, we might be imperfect, but his leadership in our lives is perfect. And uh, it, it is goodness. And that's why it says goodness and mercy. Uh, let me close with this because I just realized we, we had 830. I'm going to give you a couple more verses and then we'll close out for his namesake. 2 Corinthians 4 and 5. It says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. We were talking about for his name's sake. For whose sake am I talking about in 2 Corinthians 4 and 5? For Jesus' sake. Reading that same verse from the Living Bible. It says, We don't go around preaching about ourselves but about Christ Jesus as Lord. All we say of ourselves is that we are your slaves because of what Jesus has done for us. So uh, I'm closing here. For his name's sake, the shepherd guides the sheep, sheep with a, 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 a tremendous overarching view to the credit and glory of his own nature. And I'm saying to you that the shepherd who does that is the Lord Jesus Christ. David had the benefit of being a shepherd and God kept him while he was out there in the wilderness overseeing his sheep. That intimacy that he developed both with the sheep and with his God while he was in the wilderness overseeing and providing for the sheep caused him to realize that although he was a, a, a sheep, a, a, I'm sorry, a shepherd of lambs, that the shepherd himself needed a shepherd. And it was the great shepherd who protected and made provision for him so that he could protect and make provision for the sheep that been, had been assigned to him. And family, uh, as I close verse three, that shepherd points back to the Lord Jesus Christ. So tonight, as I close, uh, we've been talking for the last, uh, th this is part five of the connection, uh, the shepherd connection between Jesus and David. 
and we've only gotten through three verses of Psalm 23. But I believe, as we've been teaching this, that it is very powerful. And it ought to make you feel good. It ought to make you feel secure. And if it doesn't make you feel good and secure, it's challenging you to come into a more intimate relationship with that great shepherd because he's there and he wants to lead you. He'll make a way out of nowhere. He'll lead you to the green pastures and beside the still waters. That's the great shepherd that we've been teaching about and that we're making sure that you get to know. Tonight, family, I'm going to close right there. Uh, you can take your telephones off of mute. And let's talk about this uh, shepherd connection between David and between Jesus. Amen.